Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On uh, today's show, we've got a recording of a uh, presentation that I gave to a bunch of uh, private money lenders and um, people that were looking to raise money. So um, there's a, a private money lending group run by a friend of mine, Alex, and uh, she's a great investor, a private money lender. So we'll include the link to her uh, Facebook group in the show notes, but she invited me before Flippacking Live to come talk to her her audience. And uh, I asked her if it would be okay if we put it out on the podcast because I had such a good time doing this presentation, talking about raising money, talking about lending money, talking about all the different things about uh, using capital in your business and how to raise it, how to lend it, all, all the things that I've been doing over the past few years. And I thought it'd be valuable right now because there's probably nothing better, uh, not a better skill set for you guys to figure out right now than how to raise money and how to raise a lot of it for your business. Because I'd say coming up in the next, I don't know, a year, two years, it's going to be uh, tightening up on the lending side of things uh, like it has in the past. And those who can raise capital are going to be the ones who uh, prevail in that market. So hopefully this helps you out. And um, uh, this is a presentation that I recorded uh, just a few months ago uh, to a private lending group on Facebook. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. Uh, I'm just kind of like honored to be here with you guys. Anytime I hear somebody read a bio, it makes me feel weird. Um, so I don't know if you guys uh, feel like that too, but um, it's like, okay, what's all that stuff about, right? So um, like, it was probably like, I got into real estate in, in 2006, I bought a condo in San Diego and uh, I used an 80-20 loan. So that's 80% of the mortgage and then another 20% mortgage of the purchase price. So 100% finance, I just like signed a piece of paper. If you guys remember that time in 2006, pretty much anything goes. Um, oh, we got a little baby in, hey! That's awesome. Uh, bring your kid to work day. It's the best. Um, and so I, uh, I bought this condo in San Diego, 700 square foot condo, $385,000, uh, about a block from the beach. I sold it in 2009 for $200,000. So I lost $185,000 on that condo. Um, that was my intro to real estate. Fortunately, the government, so I was active duty military, they had a program called the housing assistance program that was covered by the army. And they bail you out because of the time that I bought it and the time that I sold it and my transfer date from San Diego to Florida. And so um, I was losing $800 a month renting that condo out. Um, if I still owned it today, it's worth about almost $500,000 today, at least like the value right now if I wanted to sell it. Oh so it's pretty God. crazy what real estate does. It just moves up and down. Um, you get in and out, you make money, lose money. I couldn't afford to lose $800 a month for, I don't know, what is it now, uh, 11 years? It just doesn't, didn't make sense. So um, bought another house. I fixed it up. I watched HGTV. Um, I really enjoyed watching those TV shows on HGTV. So I was on YouTube trying to figure out how to lay tile and all this stuff. This is in 2009. Um, I just ripped out the whole bathroom, had no idea what I was doing, but I thought if they could do it on TV, then I could figure out how to do it too. Um, I, was an, I was an instructor pilot down in Pensacola. I was my first shore tour after my, all my deployments. And um, I renovated that bathroom for pretty cheaply and added the increased the value of the home. Uh, when I moved out of there, I rented that house out and I moved to uh, England actually. I was in England. Um, so Suzanne, I know you guys are there right now. Um, so I moved to England. I was there for a year. I went to test pilot school, came back to Maryland 
Um, and while I was in England, I was like, man, this real estate thing is interesting to me. I didn't have a ton of time because I was going through a school where it's just, they try to wash you out all the time. And um, I was, but I was like, I, I was doing research on real estate. I said, when I get back to the States, I really want to figure out this thing. Um, and I was investing in the stock market at the time, all index funds. I was like a Jack Bogle, the guy who created Vanguard. Like I was in those forums reading that stuff, like Mr. Money Mustache, super cheap guy. I was saving like 50, 60% of my income. Um, I just wouldn't spend money. And that's how I was like stockpiling and saving cash. And I thought that was the way to wealth. Like I wanted, she wanted to be a millionaire. So I moved back from England and uh, met a, I met a girl in England about halfway through. I met a British woman. And uh, when I came back to the US, I, I tried to get her to come over on a trip. We were dating and she came over and I, I asked her to marry me. And so that's the time where I realized that I've got to figure this out because it's not just me anymore. And then six months later, um, we, we were pregnant with our first son. And now I said, okay, I've really got to figure this thing out. Bought another rental house then bought another rental house. And that next rental house, my realtor said, you know, you could flip this thing and uh, make some money. And I said, okay, let, let's try that instead of making it a rental and uh, renovated it, resold it, made $43,000. That was like half of my income for the year. Uh, being a, a pilot. And I said, wow, this feels really good. I could get used to it. Took me six months to find my next one. I found my next one, renovated it, resold it, made $45,000. So now it wasn't just like a one-off thing. I didn't get lucky. I actually had kind of the formula. I can understand it. Now I tried to figure out, okay, how can I do more than one a year? Because this is, it was a side hustle. It was like another full-time job. It felt like I was still doing the YouTube university. I was going to the job site, swinging the hammer, doing all that stuff. And, um, and so then I found somebody who was doing hundreds of houses a year. Um, he, he owned a company called seven figure flipping. I paid $25,000 to figure that out, join this mastermind group. And then the next year I did 67 deals, then 135, then 187. And we do about 160 to 200 deals a year, somewhere around there. We haven't actually hit the 200 mark yet. I thought we would this year, but uh, we kind of slowed down a little bit um, during some compression in March, April, May, and we're picking back up now. So uh, I tell all that I have three boys now. I have a six-year-old, I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, I am still a reservist for the Navy. So I did almost 15 years of active duty. I left in Oh, 2017. My middle son was born in 2016, October, 2016. I left in April of 2017. My middle son needed four. Uh, he needed open heart surgery after he was born. He's had four in his first six months. He was alive. Um, he needs another one coming up. He's had three cardiac uh, catheters. He needs a lot of therapy and all this stuff. So he's special needs. He needs a lot of work. And so I knew that I just couldn't deploy. I couldn't keep doing that thing. So I need to be home for the family, be at all his, all of his surgeries and his hospital and his doctor's appointments and his therapy appointments and all that stuff. So um, now I'm a full-time real estate investor. It's, uh, I love it. It's a lot of fun. I can kind of pick my hours. Like right after this, I have to be done right at three o'clock central because I get in my car, I drive to pick up my son, James, and then I pick up my son, Lucas at daycare. And then I come home to get my son, Will, off the bus at 4.15. And then um, I get them all fed. And then I go to soccer practice because I'm the coach with Will tonight. And then I come home, I put them all to bed and uh, I'm on my own right now. So, um, so that is like, I can, I'm able to do that while I can just pick my time. My boss can't tell me that I can't leave work early. So anyway, that's the big picture. So a lot of times people read those bios they don't understand like all the hard work and the things that had to line up on the way, the money that was lost, the time that was put in, the stress, the fatigue, all of that stuff. Um, it just seems like it's kind of an overnight success. So um, the last like five, six years have been a major push for me to get the business to where it is. And I do work about two hours a week in my real estate company now 
um, because my COO runs everything inside of Blackjack. So I'm able to spend time. I actually bought that company that I paid $25,000 to join um, about a, a little over a year ago. And so I own Seven Figure Flipping now. I own the different mastermind groups, the content, the podcast, the, the event that we put on, all that stuff. So, okay, that was a mouthful. So now what do you guys really show up to hear? And hopefully, hopefully that was a little bit of it. It was the fact that, I mean, if I can put all that stuff together while I'm fly flying 60 to 80 hours a week for the Navy, so can you. Um, I didn't necessarily have like a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, I just worked really hard. I was able to raise capital. I think raising capital is probably the key to growth in this business is to figure out how you can fund these deals, how you can get cheap money and how you can figure out how to grow your, your flipping business, your wholesaling business, whatever it is, like any business, frankly, needs capital. And so if you can do that and build out that strategy, I think that was probably the thing that I learned early on is I've always had this love of money my whole life. Like a, I'd always try to turn a dollar into $2, $3, $4. Even when I was a kid, I showed up at, uh, I almost, I wouldn't say I got kicked out of middle school, but I definitely had some serious talking tos in the principal's office because I set up a, a candy shop outside of the school um, before. So in my middle school, they had like a, it was kind of cold in Maryland in the winter. So I remember it was usually, it was the winter when I got in trouble because they had this like, they, they had this open area outside where you could walk in, but it was a lobby just like you open the door, you walk in and you can't get into the school. It's all locked up. So before school, I'd get there early. I'd walk to school early. I had a little pencil box when we used to have these pencil boxes and stuff. And it was full of like gum and candy and, and things like that. And I kind of grew this. Um, then I had some other kids help me and start working for me. And I, every, every door that you went in had one of my little shops set up at it. Um, and I guess we weren't supposed to do that. So I got in trouble, but my, my dad could go to the commissary. He was a, a Navy guy too. So we would buy these like bulk candies and stuff like that. And then I'd break them up all the stuff that says not for resale. So that's what I was doing. And so, um, that was like my, my start. Then it was mowing grass and always, I had no idea I was an entrepreneur in the Navy until recently, like five to six years, this unlocking happened of this entrepreneurial journey. So, um, so raising capital, like it's always been about money for me trying, I love it. I, I not really like addicted to money, but I feel like money is like the scoreboard that we have in life. And I love to play games and I love to win at games. So if you can, I think the challenge that each of us have is if you could figure out what, what drives you and who you are, like the deeply rooted, like you, then you can figure out what your superpower is. And if you can lean into that superpower, then you can do a lot of really big things with it. And a lot of times we're always trying to like strengthen our weaknesses and really focus on like getting better in certain areas. But if you really think of where you're powerful, like where are you really good? So each one of us on this call has a different skill set. We have a different, the way that we look at the world, the way that we look at our business, the way that we look at everything is a little bit different. And we have this like deep rooted, like, um, just something that you are awesome at. And if you can figure out what that is and then combine that with something that you show up to do because you love doing it, not because it makes you money or because you have to do it. And if you can combine those two, it's like that is rocket fuel for a potential idea, business structure. So like if you're on this call and you're like, man, like I really hate real estate and I hate, but it's, there's so much money there and it's possible to grab all this cash, right? Like you're on the wrong call and you're in the wrong business. Um, I just had a call with somebody today. It was my COO actually. And he was like, he was, he's having some trouble in, in running the company and just his fulfillment and everything like that. And I said, I said, Nate, what, when you look at your calendar and something's on your calendar, like what is that thing that's on your calendar that you are like so excited that it's there? 
And then what are the things that are on your calendar where you're like, oh, like I, I just wish I could get out of this thing, right? And so if you can just lean into those things that you really love doing that you would show up and do for free, but it pays really well, which real estate is one of those things, then that's where you need to spend your time and figure out how to spend 80% of your time there. You're never gonna get to 100. Um, you're gonna have to do some things that you don't really love doing. But for me, like this, what we're doing right now, this is the thing that I see on my calendar and I'm like, yes, like I cannot wait to go to, I don't care if one person shows up. I don't care if I'm just talking to one of you because one person, hopefully, if one person gets something from this, then it was worth my time. And that's what I like to show up and do now. And I didn't even realize that. Like I never realized it. Um, but every time I speak, I feel like I light up, I get excited. I, I got the standing desk because I was like, I'm sitting down. I feel like I'm bored. I'm, I'm like, I don't have the energy. People can't feel like how passionate that I am about this stuff. And I just don't necessarily show up the way that I should sitting down, like on the podcast, you can kind of hear it. When I got the standing desk, started doing the podcast standing up. It's like, it's totally different energy. And so I love this stuff. And if I can figure out how to make a living from doing something like this, and, and show up because I would do it for free. Frankly, I am doing it for free right now, right? I'm not getting paid to show up like this for an hour. And an hour of my time is actually, you can't even purchase it. Like, I don't care if you told me you'd pay me $10,000 to get on a phone call. If it doesn't match up with what I'm, what I'm doing, what I, what I feel fulfilled to do, those kind of things. Like, I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching anymore. I just don't. I mean, the answer is no. It's just not what I, what I really love. Um, so if you can match those two up, then you're going to get to a place that is going to be you know, really good for you. So let's go back to the private money lending because you probably showed up for that, right? And so how many people on here, maybe in the chat uh, for the people that, that don't have their camera on, and if you have your camera on, you can just raise your hand. Like, uh, did you come here to like figure out how to raise money? Do you guys, are you working on raising capital? You're looking to raise capital. Okay, some people can raise their hand. If you work in the chat, tell me if you're looking to raise capital or you're trying to figure out where to, like where to place your capital and, and how to be a better lender. So typically what I find is most people are like, I want to figure out how to raise more money. Um, it, nobody ever said like, I have too much of it, right? Um, okay, so everybody's pretty much raise, raise money, raise money, raise money. So if there's anybody who's trying to place money, okay, good, both. So now we have people who are trying to raise money and people who are trying to place money. So maybe we can do a little matchmaking here too. So raising money, let's, um, I, I know that uh, Alex and I were talking a little bit before all of you jumped on about this like challenge that I created. And if you're on Facebook and you follow real estate, you probably have been targeted by my ads that I run. I run some pretty heavy ads about this challenge and I, it actually cost me money to bring somebody into the challenge. Uh, yes, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the 30 day to 500K challenge. So um, in that, uh, I will say that I don't think that I have a lot of original thoughts in real estate, period. Like I feel like what I do and what I'm really good at is I'm, I'm good at taking other people's information, reading books, um, listening to other presentations, going to other seminars, um, and, and just condensing it and then figuring out how to use it myself. So like my wholesaling business that does almost 200 deals a year, it's, it's just a Frankenstein model of a bunch of other people that were inside of my mastermind group. Where I was like, I'll take a little bit of this, take a little bit of this, take a little bit of this, test it, adjust it, pivot, make, it, make a change, and then go. And I'm constantly just grabbing what other people are doing. I don't think that I've ever done anything original. And I don't think this challenge is any different. Um, I've had a lot of great, like I've, I read books on raising money. I listened to podcasts. I tried to understand the concept. And then I tried it in my laboratory and I found out what worked and what didn't work. And I made this Frankenstein model. And I would say my biggest influence in all of that was a woman named Susan Laster Lyons. She wrote a book called Getting the Money. Um, if you have like 15 bucks, I would highly recommend you go to Amazon right now and buy it. She's absolutely amazing. And it comes from more of a relationship type 
conversation, not a business transaction that she comes from. And that's the same place that, that I have developed. Uh, I probably raised a little bit over 15 million now. We're raising a lot of money for bigger transactions now. We have a 93 unit apartment building that's under contract here in Nashville that we'll probably raise $3 million for. And I'll probably do it in a one hour call, a one hour webinar. I'll probably raise three or 4 million just on that call alone in a day or two. So the last one we raised, we were supposed to, we're trying to raise 850,000. We raised 1.2 million in a one hour call and I only invited 20 people. So it's, it's crazy to see that that's possible. And you're probably not there yet. And a lot of times you, you see where you are and you see what I just said and you're like, I can never get there. I just can't see the path. The path is pretty easy. It's called time. Like I built those relationships over time. And so coming back to the private lending piece, it's understanding that you're building a relationship and you are, have to change the way that you think about money. Like you think about money, like you're looking to raise money, raise money. I want your, and what you're going to do is you're going to show up to find a deal and you're going to work your tail off to find a deal. And you're going to negotiate as hard as you possibly can to find this deal. And you're going to, you're going to do follow, you're going to follow up for a month. You're going to talk to the seller. You're going to, you're going to nickel and dime over like $500 or $1,000 or $5,000. And they're asking price versus what you'll purchase it for. You're going to sharpen your pencil as hard as you can on the repair costs and all of these other things, right? You're going to, maybe if it, you're just going to work so hard, right? And then what you're going to do is you're going to put it out there and be like any lender that's willing to, I'll pay whatever it takes. I don't care. Two points, 12%, uh, 15%, whatever, whatever it is, you're just going to lay down for that lender and you're going to give that lender so much power. What you need to realize is that there's a lot more lenders out there than there are deals. So there's, look, I got money in my bank account right now and I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the right place to put my money. It's just sitting there. And I, I'm constantly on a call with my CFO. Like we got, I, I had to do another post inside the mastermind group. I, I want to get, I want to place this money. I want to figure out what to do with it. I'm going to, I'm going to go do a syndication here, a syndication here. And maybe I keep some reserves, but I'm constantly looking to place my money. And what you need to realize is there's a lot of people out there that are not like sharky like me on their rates and their fees and all that stuff that their money is just sitting on the sidelines right now. And they want a consistent return. They're looking for an opportunity. They need you. Like you are that person in the marketplace that they need. And what you're doing is you're showing up saying like that you need them. So it's a totally different shift of the way that you have to think about what you have. You have to value what you have way more than you currently do. Like if you have a deal or you have an opportunity, you have something that's way more valuable than money. Money is the easy part. So I think just that little shift in the way that you show up and the confidence that you have in a conversation with somebody. I remember like, if you come to me and you're like, Hey, I need, I need $200,000 for this deal. It's closing next week. I'll pay anything. Like I smell desperation. I smell like uh, uncertainty. I'm, I'm wondering like, can you really get this done? Why am I the only person that you're talking to? Like what, what's going on here? Right. And if you show up and you're like, Hey, I, I just want to have a conversation with you about this opportunity that I have. Um, if it's not for you, that's fine. I'm going to go talk to a couple other people tomorrow. You know, now I'm looking at this kind of takeaway and you have to look at it like it's marketing and sales. And all the time we, we, we look at it like it's raising money. It's not, it's marketing and sales. So is finding the transaction, finding the deal, finding the money and everything that we do in any business, go, go down to the local donut shop. We love to eat donuts at my house. Every Wednesday morning we have donuts with donuts with dad and that's marketing and sales business. The shops that close, they just don't know how to market and sell. 
and the shops that stay open, they know how to market and sell. Like Chick-fil-A, they know how to market and sell, right? Like you're going through that drive-through and you're waiting in line for 30 minutes and you don't care. Like you're going to order on an app and you order on the app, then you go in the drive-through. I was like the other day, I'm like, what the heck did I order in the app for? I'm sitting in the drive-through for 30 minutes. So like, but my kids, they want that stuff. Like they, and, and I want it too. Like it's a, it's great food, great company. They're marketing and selling to us on a regular basis. So same thing with money. Like don't lay down for your lenders, negotiate with them. You, they, you have to know that you have that opportunity. So, I mean, we can go real deep down this rabbit hole, but a real quick, just mental shift for you leaving here is make sure that you know how valuable that opportunity that you have is and don't downplay it. The second piece that I want to make sure that I hammer in here is you're not looking for any handouts and, and you're not looking for uh, somebody to do you a favor. Okay. You are, you are providing them an opportunity. My aunt, um, my aunt has, uh, has lent money to the company. My, my dad has uh, five, he's one of six. He's got five brothers and sisters. They've all kind of, none of them got paid for their college. They all kind of worked their way up, did pretty well. And all, all of them but one is a lender in, in my company, in our multifamily deals, in all the stuff that we do. And my, uh, so I guess I, I, I wouldn't say that I have rich aunts and uncles. People are like, I don't have a rich uncle like you. So, but they're pretty well off. So, and they're, they, they're putting their, when I was able to educate them on their IRAs and 401ks, and if we have time, we'll definitely jump into that because I think that's a huge win for all of us. Um, when I was able to educate them, obviously they have money there. They don't have money in the bank. No, no American, by the way, has money in their bank account unless they're really smart and know what they're doing. But the average person does not have just random money sitting in their bank, like $100,000 in their bank account. I went to a party um, for Christmas two years ago, and these, these folks were talking about um, Amazon Fulfillment Center here in Nashville and how you can go on Tuesday and it's $5 Tuesday or something and you can just go in and there's just like boxes and boxes of stuff in crates and you can get as much as you can and everything's $5. They get like iPhones and like all, it's all these like returns and crazy things. So they were going there and they were saying what they would do is they take like $30, they'd go buy six things each, like this, this uh, I, think, I think it was a boyfriend and a girlfriend and they would go there for 30 bucks each and they would then sell it on garage sale and Craigslist and all these places and make like, you know, three, four times their money. And so I, I was like, well, is there a limit? Like what's stopping you from going in there with $10,000? And they were like, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like I have like something growing out of my forehead. And they were like, who has $10,000? <laughs> and I just went, oh my gosh, like, okay. Um, and so then we went a little deeper and I said, well, let's just say I did have $10,000. The guy's like, I got a box truck. We can fill it up with a box. And we went down this whole like business planning and, uh, and we never ended up executing on it, but it was kind of fun. But like, seriously, every single person at that party looked at me like I was crazy because they don't have $10,000. Like, but they, have, they might have an IRA or a 401k or something else that you can tap into. So, so you are providing an opportunity, not doing somebody a favor. So my aunt, my aunt said to me um, when I, I, I was presenting a deal to her and saying, hey, if you guys want to take some money, because they said, we're interested in what you're doing. Let's talk a little bit about it. It was $50,000. And they said, um, they said, look, if you need a $50,000 loan, we can give you a loan. And I just looked at them and I said, I, I don't, I, maybe, I don't know what happened here, but something in our conversation made you think that I needed help. Like, I don't need help. It, this is something for you. Like, this has to benefit you just as much, if not more, than me. For, the, for this to work and make sense. And they, they just happened to use the name that, that I, I, they called me when I was growing up and it was Billy Y. So when your aunt looks at you in a business transaction and says, 
look, Billy, why? If you need money, then I can give you a loan. And I was just like, I positioned myself completely wrong. And that was my wake up call. That's when I said, look, I'm probably presenting this the wrong way. And you guys have to do the same thing. You have to show up to a conversation like that where you control the conversation. You show them their options. You tell them what they can do. You're helping them get through that situation and make it a win-win. Like you have to present it like it's a win for them. And if that transaction's a win for them, then they're gonna say yes, they're gonna wanna do business with you. And if you take care of them that time, if I, I took care of my aunt on that $50,000, I think they might have like 250 with us now. And I mean, frankly, they should, they should be pouring a lot more in um, because it's a fixed rate. They, it's, it's a great deal. It's way better than the ups and downs they're seeing in the stock market right now. And, um, and they, there's, a, there's an asset attached to it and lots of good things about it. So opportunity, you, you, so Susan says in that book, you're the prize, like you are the prize. And if you show up like that, then it, it changes the dynamic. Like when I show up in a lending relationship, when I'm lending money, I want to, I want to see somebody confident. I want to see somebody that has an opportunity. I usually ask them what their margins look like because I want to make sure that I'm not sucking out all the cash and that they're making good money. I do a lot of transactional funding, like an hour or two hours or a day, maybe where I charge like two points, point and a half. And it's just wholesalers. And I'm like, how much, like, if you're asking for $500,000 for a day, how much are you making? Are you making enough? Does it make sense? Can you use the buyer's money instead of my money? Like, have you tried all the different angles before I, I take a fee of $10,000 off 500 grand and um, just make sure that, that we're working together. So I think for, for all of you, hopefully those two little tweaks in how you show up will help. I think that's the, that's like, everybody's trying to look for like the, the silver bullet, like the secret to find all this money, like it's buried somewhere in the yard. Um, it really is just about like, I love to talk about what I do. I love to make it very clear. I do a lot of social media posts where it's not like, hey, I'm raising money for this deal. I'm paying two points, 12%, those kind of things. But it's like, hey, I got a lot of happy lenders. Some of my favorite times to, to kind of talk about this is tax time. When I go back like at the end of the year and say, how, like add up how much I paid my private lenders the last year. Just like, hey, if you want a piece of this next year, um, you know, send me a message. Or I, I really like also, like, I, I, so I do that in, at the end of the year, like in January, I also do it in April. And then I also do it like, uh, I don't know, this year it was also in July. And then it's probably like right now, right? Is, is this, this is like the deadline? Is it today? It might even be today. today. Yeah, today. So it's like perfect time. It's like, hey, I'm late filing my taxes, just like all the rest of you. But when we, I just got my tax return back from my CPA and I realized that my business paid $248,000 out this year to our private lenders. Like, gosh, isn't that amazing? Like I can support their family. They can support my family. It's a win-win. Like, hey, wouldn't you like to be a part of what we're doing? Next year, I'm looking to, I'm looking to pay out $500,000 in interest. Do you, if you want to be a part of that and come, in, come on this journey with us, send me a message. You know, that, that is like, some of that's, it's marketing. That's marketing, right? I'm building this funnel. Like people are seeing that they're starting to talk about, it. I did that over time, over years and years and years of that. So it, I talk about a lot. It's like building a snowball. You got this little core of the snowball and you're starting to just roll it down the hill over time, but you need to be consistent about it and always be raising money. Always, 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 always be closing, always be raising money, always be hiring. Okay. Those are like the three things that we're constantly talking about in my business. I, I don't need money right now, but I'm raising it. Like, I want to know who has it. I want to know who's interested because I never know when I'm going to have to do a webinar in two weeks to raise $3 million. 
So all the people that we said no to on that deal, like we raised that 850,000, 900,000 in like an, in an hour that night it was closed. The next morning people are emailing me and I said, Hey, I got another deal right behind this one. I mean, we were working on a few, but now we have it and I can start moving their money over. Right. And start figuring out who's interested. So it's really important to, to raise money when you don't need it. And here's why, because as you get closer to your deal, right, you got a closing date, right? If you're a month out from the closing date, you can, you can wait for that five. You can, you got time. Let me find the five or 6% lender, right? The person who's good, just wants 5%, not very sophisticated. And then as you get closer, you're two weeks out. You're like starting to freak out a little bit. You're like, you know what? I'm, I can probably pay 10% for this. And then it's a week before and you call up somebody like me and I'm like, well, I'll take two points and 15%. You're like, I'll take it. I just need to get this deal done. Right? So as you get closer on the timeline, your, your rates go up usually. So you want to build those relationships with those like, I won't say unsophisticated investors, but I look at it like in the challenge, I talk about three different types of lenders. You've got the people like me who are in the real estate business, are hard money lending right now, are sharks, are doing high rates, high interest. They, they know that you need the money and that's like, I just am not gonna come down off my rates, I don't need to. It's just, that's it, if you wanna do a deal or not, we can. Like somebody asked me yesterday for $180,000, sent me a Facebook message and I said, he said, what are your terms? I said, two points and 12%. Uh, you got to pay monthly. I need a, I need a first position. I need named insured on the policy and I need a lender's title policy. And that's it. I can wire you the money today if you want it. And I said, send my CFO a message if you're interested. And he goes, okay, that was it. Done. Like we had done three or four deals together. Totally trust those guys. But I mean, he's not, if he said two points and 10%, would you do it? I'd say no. Like, I'm just going to wait for the next opportunity. So you got that, right? So you got those people that are really expensive. And then you got the people in the middle who, like I was in 2006, 2008, you could probably get me to, to go somewhere between eight and eight and 12% flat. I really didn't even know what a point was then. You know, I was, I thought it was an origination fear from a lender, you know, um, to buy down rates and, and mortgage interest and stuff. And at that time, the rates were like five or 6%. So I was like, man, 8%, that's, about on average that what I would make in the stock market, I'd be really happy with that. So if you gave me eight or 10%, I would have been interested then. I just didn't know what I knew now. I was savvy with money, but if you paid me 8% in my IRA, that's like what every, every person has ever showed me to get to a million dollars by the time I'm like, you know, 60, right? It's just constantly put in 10% and get, make 8% eight, eight interest. So I probably would have been interested in that. And I have a lot of lenders like that, that they just, they're happy with that. That's what they want. They want a fixed return and they're fine with 8% or 10%. So you got those people that they're, 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 they're sophisticated. They understand money. They understand all that stuff, but they're not currently doing like hard money loans that they know that they can just, you know, rake you over the coals a little bit. And they probably don't have those connections. You probably one of the only people they're talking to. And then you've got the people who they have $150,000 in their bank account right now, or it's in a CD paying 2.3% at the local local bank, right? And it's, it's for 10 years. And they're concerned about paying the fee to take it out, right? It's those kind of people. It's um, not necessarily older folks, but it's typically people who just, who just don't realize that there's a whole nother world out there, right? You got, you ever seen the matrix, you got the blue pill and the red pill, right? Like they just don't understand that there's another world behind this world. And that's the same thing for real estate investors. Real estate investors, like real estate folks, there's a real estate world, like a retail world, there's a whole nother underworld of real estate that people don't even realize you can buy off market, you buy 50% of value. 
And people need, they just don't know that stuff. I didn't know it. I got my, I got unlocked, right? And same thing in the lending world. So these folks are the people who are like making 0.05 or 0.5% interest in a money market savings account. And they're looking at like the best online savings account that they could get to make an extra like quarter of a percent instead of 0.75% instead of 0.5. And it's in a money market savings or something. And you say, well, and this is another quote from Susan's book, which I absolutely love, is like, what are you making on your money right now? And they say like 2% or 1%. And you say, what if I could double it? Yeah. You don't say I'll pay five or 6%. You say, what if I could double it? And they'd be like, what? You could double it? That's amazing. Like I could get twice as much interest. And they're talking about 2%. Like I had to raise my, my aunt's interest rate up a percentage point uh, last year because I felt uncomfortable with what I was paying her. Like, I was just like, this is rude. Like, I should just, I got to give her another percent. And I raised a couple people up just because it just didn't feel right. And so there's a lot of people out there like that. But here, here's, the, here's the scenario with those three. With a hard money lender that's going to charge really expensive rates, you can get the money today or tomorrow, right? Like, I, I, I already underwrote those people. I knew it. They sent me the information on the deal. I can underwrite the deal really fast. And then they can get the money right away. And that's what they're paying for. And then you've got the people in the middle where you have to build a little bit of a relationship with. It might take a little bit more time, but they become comfortable faster because they're a little bit more sophisticated. They're, they understand. They probably know, like, and trust you. You have to build the, the, the trust factor. And then they'll, they'll do business with you fairly quickly, like somewhere in the middle. And then the people who have, have like a death grip on their money, right? They're like, this is my life savings. You cannot lose this. Uh, I know that you're like, you're going to give me 4%. It's actually, that sounds really risky because I have a half percent and this is an FDIC insured bank that um, this is guaranteed, right? They're, they're just crazy. So that, that takes a longer time. That's like a relationship that builds over much longer periods of time. So that's where those three come in, I think. It takes a lot longer to get, but it's way cheaper. So start building those relationships now. And the people that already know, like, and trust you, have no experience. If anybody on here is like, I have no experience, I've never done a deal, all this stuff, then the people that know, like, and trust you are probably the only people that are going to lend you money is those, those people that, and they're going to be a little bit cheaper, but if they're going to lend off to you, not because you, like, they can, are going to underwrite the deal and know exactly what that looks like. So, okay. Those are pretty big generalities. A couple of things, hopefully a couple of tips, a couple of mindset shifts. Um, is there anything that's popped into your head specifically in my last, like, 35 minutes of ranting um, that you want to ask questions about or you want to talk about or you, you have something that I can help you with in any of that, whether it's raising money, more like paperwork, any of that stuff. Um, if you drop it in the chat or Alex, I don't know if you have some questions. I can, believe me, I can talk for another 20 minutes without getting any feedback from you guys. No problem. I was uh, wondering if you can elaborate a little bit more on your mastermind groups and how those got started and generally what a mastermind group is, because I feel like that might be a somewhat new concept for some of our viewers. Sure. For me, so like, uh, just to give you a quick background. Um, so I own, I own the mastermind group now, but, uh, six years ago, seven years ago when I got started in real estate, um, I, at this time I was flipping like one house a year, but I wouldn't even pay for a book. So just to give you a, like the total opposite of what I look like now paying, I pay like a hundred thousand dollars or more for my education and coaches and mentors a year right now, but I wouldn't even buy a book. 
So I had a library card and I would check the book out or get it on Overdrive, the Overdrive app. I still yeah. use it, by the way. I still have a library card. Um, and I, I check books out virtually and, and on Audible and stuff. But I was so cheap. I told you, I was like the Mr. Money Mustache guy. I was on free forums. I was watching YouTube. I was like calling my uncle who was a contractor asking about tile stuff. I, I would not spend money on my education. I spent millions of dollars on my formal education, but none on my kind of self-development education. So um, I started listening to a podcast and this guy kind of wrote me in um, and he, I, I could just, we were just very, I, I don't know. There was something about him where I felt like I could trust him. I don't know how, but he got in my ear. He's talking to me on a regular basis. And I was like, I trust this guy. And he's flipping a bunch of houses. I need a system. I, I'm, I can't even do one a year without feeling like I have a second full-time job. Something's got to give. So he, he opened up this program called Seven Figure Flipping. That's what I paid $25,000 to join him. I showed up at a meeting. I basically had a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the mentors, uh, it was his partner. And um, he basically just asked me about myself. Like, tell me about your business. What does it look like? What are your goals? What do you want to do? Here's what mine looks like. Here's a couple tips for you. And he told me to hire somebody. And I said, no chance. Like I'm not hiring anybody. There's no possible way. I don't want to be responsible for anybody else. And so I just, I pushed back on the model that he was presenting to me, but I eventually broke down a couple weeks later. I called him back. I said, all right, fine. I'm ready. Uh, you're right. I can't keep doing this. Uh, I'll do it. Tell me, tell me everything. So then we go to a meeting and there's 20 people in the room. So it was 20 other business owners and I was the least qualified person in there. Like I should not have gotten in. I had done two flips a couple, a couple loans. I had, I'd done a couple loans like out of my 401k and um, not self-directed 401k. Like I borrowed half of my 401k and took that money in my taxable account and did a loan. On, I had no idea what I was doing. And so, um, so I showed up there and all these other people were doing way more than me. And what I found was I, I look at this room concept now of like being the dumbest person in the room and the person who knows the least is the room that you want to be in. Like, cause I knew that I was going to level up. I told you money is my scoreboard, right? And so I knew that I am going to compete. You put me in a room with a bunch of people doing more than me. I'm going to figure out eventually how to get it, like be at the top of that same room. And then I'll just move to the next one and the next one and the next one. Just keep moving up into these levels. And that's what I, what I realized showing up there is they were motivating me because I'm self-motivated when I would see that they're doing 20 or 30 deals a year. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to do that. Like if they can do it, I can do it. So it's just a group of people that are sharing ideas and concepts and getting together and like, I don't know, masterminding, right? Like um, this whole, um, this concept is not new. It's actually really old. Um, the idea of like, um, I mean, back when you see like um, John, if anybody saw uh, the men who built America, if you watch some of that stuff, it's like, that's the early days of like, really like masterminding, getting together, like um, beating out the other competitors and, and partnering up and doing all kinds of cool stuff. So, um, so that's what, that's what it is. And there's a ton of them. They're, they're pretty, they're, there's a lot of them out there, not just real estate, but anything you can find uh, people that are getting together that are typically outside of your local community because the RIA group was fine for me, but the top dog in the RIA group is doing like 10 deals a year. And the people who are doing a ton of volume, like big, big deals, uh, big money, they're not showing up on a Tuesday night with the people who are just getting started or are, or have been coming to the social club every week or every month for the last five years that haven't done a deal before. They're out like hustling, doing deals, making sure that they value their time. So, um, so anyway, I joined this group, I grew it and then I bought it. So I'm, I am, uh, like a mastermind group I think is, is at some point in your journey essential. 
it doesn't have to be right when you start. Like, uh, in fact, I make sure that, that you have to have like a ton of experience and be qualified to get in the right group of mine because I can't just put somebody new into a group of people who are doing $5 million a year. It, you know, it just doesn't work and they get frustrated. So people have to be in their certain place and you'll eventually, like I said, like move up into the next level and the next level and the next level. So um, that's, for me, that's what a mastermind group is. Um, seven figure flipping is the name of it. We, yeah, we have two groups. I see uh, there's some like chatter. And so we have an altitude group, which is 200,000 and up uh, per year. So like doing at least 10, 10 deals a year, if not more building out a team. And then our runway group is like brand new, uh, just getting started up to, up to that level. So people that are inconsistently doing deals, trying to get to a more consistent basis and growing and scaling. And we are like just house flippers and wholesalers. So that's it. Like our focus is that that's what we do. Um, and, uh, but our, our event flip hacking live is for, for anybody, like anybody can come to it. It's our open event every year that we do. And, um, and we open up the runway group at that event. So we, we had this mastermind, this new mastermind group that would just kind of, um, cycle people in and out before. And I didn't like it. And when I bought the company, I said, look, we got, we've got to focus just on these newer folks because they're, it's like a school. You're going through a class together. Like you're, you're learning that. And what we'd have, we'd have these new people come in and they'd be like, I, well, we answered that question three months ago. Like, we don't want to go back there. It's like, imagine your school that, you, that you're in when you're in ninth grade and the teacher keeps having to like go back and answer the question every two months or every month. And it's like, the students just get like whiplash. So there's a little bit more like self, like, uh, like the actually like structured and paced inside that group. And our altitude group's like, throw somebody in there. If we've got a big player that wants to come join, anytime, come join. So that's the kind of difference with us. So right. anyway, I, 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 I could talk about that stuff for hours too, but I do want to spend time. Like I want to spend time talking to you guys, like what, get what you need. But I, I think even in, in money lending and whatever you're doing, like um, being around people that are doing it at a higher level than you is important. And having somebody actually, what's even more important is having somebody like just above you, like one step above you, they can reach up for help. And then also somebody who's a little bit behind you that you can reach down and help them. Because when you give back, and you pour back into somebody, it gives you that, um, like, you know that you, that, you, that you know something, that you have something, that you're progressing and developing. And that's almost as important, if not more important, than asking for help. And, and so, like, giving that support and help is really, really important. And, uh, be, like, knowing, like, you don't want to be the bottom dog for too long. Let's put it that way. Like, you want to be able to help bring people up because that, that giver effect is what's, what the, what all of us are, are made for. Like contribution is so important in our DNA. Like we have to be able to contribute. And, and so that to allow us to grow. So growth and contribution go hand in hand. Uh, another question we have is as a lender, how much does it matter how the lender lending opportunity is presented to you? No, um, no, not really. Like I said, that I just got a Facebook message. So personally, no. Um, and and I, I will say like, there is something to be said for like the preparation that they show up. So like I have a guy who shows up with like a 24 page analysis with a bunch of comps and ARVs and like all this stuff and his exit strategy and things. And he gives it to me. And the first time that I did a deal with him, I was like, Whoa, like this is, this actually, to me, it did impress me. Like I, we had never done a deal before. Um, he's in my mastermind group. Uh, so, and he asked me questions all the time. Um, I didn't know exactly like how, how much of an attention to detail he had. And so it did give me confidence that he would, he would do a good job with the deal. Um, 
and then I've also had people that show up and like, really it's like kind of their confidence that gives me, that makes me feel good. So, um, I think it's the relationship with the, that you have with that person. Um, I don't have like a giant credibility kit and all that stuff. I'll tell you, I usually show up and say, look, like, look, this is my track record. If you want to be a part of it, jump on. But I'm at that point where I can. I used to go to banks a lot trying to get portfolio lenders for my flips. And I would bring like a package that would have my last couple flips, like three pages. Um, I think I included it. If you've done the 500K challenge, I included some of my stuff in there, like credibility kits and things like that, um, that we did. And um, so I think that's, um, sometimes it's too much. Like if, uh, sometimes it looks like overwhelming if you show up with 24 pages to somebody who's not an analytical person like me, who's like an engineer. Like it, I, I think some people would be like, oh my gosh, I gotta deal with this guy for the next six months. He's gonna be hitting me with all kinds of paperwork and documents and updates and stuff. So I think it's a little bit, it just kind of depends on, on who you're talking to. I will say definitely like tailor, tailor your, your pitch and your message to who you're talking to. So personality profiles are key for me and anybody that I talk to, like if I could, if I could give each one of you a personality profile test before I came on this call, um, I would have tailored my message to who you were and, and what you were like. So if I can figure that out a little bit, like, are you a, uh, like a yellow, like, like you want to sit down and like have a cup of coffee with me for two hours before we talk about business or you are a red and you like, you don't care about small talk. You just want to know the numbers because you don't have time to sit through a 15 minute meeting, let alone me talk to you for a half an hour over coffee. Um, then I want to know that. And so think about that. You can't, you can't show up and, and talk to everybody the same way. And if you can figure that out ahead of time, you can win in the game of business and life and everything um, and figure out who you're talking to ahead of time. Same thing goes for sellers. Same thing goes for buyers. Same thing goes for lenders. Um, so like me, you better show up, get to the point. Like, I don't want to talk about your cat. I don't want to talk about your day. I, I'm, I want to be in and out of that meeting as quick as possible. And yeah, I want to tell, I want to know how it benefits me and what you're going to do and have confidence that it's going to work. Like I want the 30 second Facebook message. And in fact, I'm not even going to, don't even email me, email my CFO because she'll take care of the transaction. So like that's, that's me. So if people know that, then they know how to, how to treat me. And I, I had, I had a woman that worked for me for a while and I knew that I couldn't call her up and get straight to business. I had to, before getting on a call, uh, I, although I want to get to business, she needs to talk about her yoga and talk about her daughter and talk about her cat and all that stuff. And we'll talk for 15 minutes and then I can get to the point. But she, she was really happy that I would even take the time to do that because she knew that I, I hated it. So. That's awesome. I love that awareness. Do yeah. you um, do your own underwriting or do you have other people in your organization who do it for you? Well, so I would say like for me as a hard money lender, I'm, I'm kind of tough to, to pinpoint. So like I own a mastermind group of people that are doing hundreds of deals a year. So I really only lend to people that are inside my group. So, I mean, they pay $25,000 a year to be there. Um, we have a relationship. I know that they're solid. I know that when they're struggling because they're, they're, they're sharing their vulnerabilities and saying they're struggling. I know when they're winning because they talk about how much they're winning. And I know who the people that I have a relationship with that I trust that I lend to. So that's pretty much the only people that I lend to. So I'm a little bit spoiled in that I have a pool of people that are like, if I had $10 million, I could probably put it to work today. Like the other day I posted, I got a million bucks. It was gone in an hour. Like it's seriously, no joke. Gone in an hour at, at two points and 12%. I mean, I just, I just said, this is what it is. If you guys want it, I have it. Uh, monthly payments, here's the terms. And it was like message, message, message. I had to delete it. 
And so um, it, there's a lot of money that moves in and out. We probably move a billion dollars of real estate at least, actually more than that. We probably move a couple billion through that group. So if I was, um, if I was doing it to people that I don't know and, and it was my business, then I would be, I, so I have them send pictures. I have them send the address. Um, I look at comps and I, we, we, do, we virtual wholesale all around the Southeast and, and sometimes all around the country right now. So I'm pretty good at using um, different resources to comp properties and things like that. So yeah, I do it, I do it all myself. I, and I've been burned by a couple. Um, I lost $12,000 on a, on a transaction that I did early on just because I, I didn't learn the lesson that I got to trust the person first. I really underwrite the person before the deal, hmm. frankly. That's, that's, my, yeah. that's my standpoint. And that's why I don't lend to people that I don't know. I just don't. It's not, it's not worth the risk. For me, like return of capital, like I'd rather build relationships, go out and network, find my clients, find the people that I want to do business with and lend to them. Then, and I'd rather, like right now, I'd rather have a million dollars sit in my bank account than lend to somebody I don't know. Because return of principle to me is way more important than the return on principle. If that makes sense. Like the return of the principle. I've had times where my principle didn't get returned. And that $12,000 that I lost on that deal doesn't include all the interest that I should have been paid over a year and a half to on that money. So the lost opportunity cost was way more than $12,000 too. So probably more like $30,000, $40,000 loss there. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that's my model as well. I have my group of investors that I work with and it's worked out well so far. So why deviate from the plan? Yeah, and as a lender, I think this, it's the same thing. You're marketing and selling your services. Like who, who are you networking with? Where are you going? What, um, what circles are you in? Where are you like, what, I mean, a hard money lender needs to do the same thing um, to figure out how, like, it's so funny because it's like the hard money lenders are like, I want to do more deals with people. Like, I want to find more, more deals. And the people that need money are like, I need to find more hard money lenders. Like, if we could just have like some sort of matchmaking company here, it'd probably make a ton of money. So maybe somebody <laughs> wants to build out a software, a software platform that can like link up lenders and borrowers. Um, I think every IRA custodian tries to do that on like cruises and things like that. So yeah. uh, a little mixer is great. I will say Advanta, Advanta IRA, and a little plug for them, that's where I send a lot of my IRA, uh, like a lot of my borrower, my lenders. Um, I send them there. And every, like every other Friday, I think, they have like a pitch your deal um, webinar that they do. And I just went on it a couple, like a month ago for the first time. And there's a ton of people there that are like doing deals together and people need money and people are uh, like, so there's a land guy that was like, we pay, tw we pay 22% on our land or something. I was like, Pfft man, I'm getting your number and, and email and I'm going to put some of my IRA money over there with you guys. Um, so it's a good place to find borrowers for sure in these IRA companies and th their events and any, any of the events, frankly. For $100, you can get 30 days of what we're talking about right now. So I do like 30 days of videos. Uh, day 11 is probably my favorite and it doesn't sound like you're, you're on day five, so you're not on day 11 yet. Day 11, I actually, like, I actually get on the phone with um, a potential lender to my company and I recorded the whole thing and at the end, I asked him if it was okay if I use it inside the challenge. And he said, yes. So he doesn't know coming on the call that I'm recording it. He also doesn't know that I'm going to be playing this for hundreds of real estate investors that go through this challenge. And we basically, you can hear me like be a fly on the wall of me negotiating money uh, and the transaction with him. And I think I got him to uh, $50,000 at 8% interest. And somebody else who's, uh, who's interested in real estate and stuff, but you can hear like, how I talk to a lender and basically like sit in a chair next to me behind the scenes of, you know, the last five years of talking to lenders. And so uh, that's probably my, I, I love that day. It's like my favorite day. Um, and but most of them are anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes. 
Uh, and then we have some presentations that might be 45 minutes to an hour. But my goal was like, for 30 days, if you can take an hour and work towards that side of the business, then, um, then do it. So um, you can go to 500K challenge, like the number 500K challenge, it's a hundred bucks. Like I set it up so that it would be incredibly affordable for anybody who's trying to raise money and, um, and understand that there's, I, I put way more time into it than I should have. I, I thought it was going to be a lot faster. And I was just going to like put something out there, a little challenge to, but um, I, I went pretty deep into this stuff. So I'm proud of it. And, uh, and I hold up a hundred dollar bill in the beginning, so I can't raise the price now. So I want to thank you, Bill, very much for your time. Really appreciated. Got lots of little nuggets out of this that even I didn't know. So I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me at, for anything, you can uh, go to sevenfigureflipping.com, uh, our YouTube channel, whatever. Uh, the, the, um, I usually, uh, info at sevenfigureflipping.com is our email. That gets to me and my whole staff. So if you guys need anything from me ever, just reach out and we'll, we'll help you out. We'll get you the resources we need. If we can't help you, um, I'll just put you in connection with somebody who can, whether it's like multifamily business or anything. Like I know what we're really good at and what we focus on. And if I can help connect you with some other people, then I will. So, all right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that presentation. It was uh, a lot of fun uh, speaking to Alex's group. Alex, thank you so much for having me um, on uh, with your your group. It was a small group that was live with us. I know a lot of people have watched it after the fact on YouTube and on your Facebook uh, group, but I had such a good time. And like I realized that talking about raising money and talking about money is what really lights me up. So um, I really enjoy it. I really uh, love spending time uh, talking about it. I can just go on and on, obviously, as you guys could witness here. Um, and I talked a little bit about the 500K challenge. So anybody that's listening, if you haven't jumped into the 500K challenge, it's something that I spent a lot of time putting together, me and the team. And it's a 30-day uh, challenge to raise a bunch of money for your business and get some education about uh, raising money. And so even if you've raised millions of dollars, this is something for you. If you are just getting started, it's also for you. If you're a multifamily investor, single-family investor, Airbnb, land developer, whatever it is, you need money in your business. And the skills that you'll get from this challenge and for just $100 um, you're going to get the skills that you need to kind of build off of that going forward. So highly recommend that anybody jump in. We've had hundreds of real estate investors go through. We've had people raise hundreds of thousands of dollars up to millions of dollars in just 30 days and beyond. So um, really good stuff. And I'm really proud of what we put together. I think this challenge is absolutely amazing. If you haven't been through it, you have to go through it. Uh, you can go to 500kchallenge.com and jump in. And uh, don't wait, go jump in there. This is a skill that you need to start yesterday. And if you didn't start yesterday, then you need to start right now. So go to 500kchallenge.com, grab the challenge, jump in, spend 30 days with us, learn a ton, raise money, and uh, get your business to take off into this, uh, this new year of 2021 coming up. Uh, all right, I'll see you guys on the next podcast.